Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Next, on the OHIO podcast, we preview the Peach Bowl against the dogs of Georgia. And that all starts right now. It's so easy to be average. You know it as well as I know it. It takes a little something to be special, Don. It takes a little something special to be a great player. We don't have enough great players. To hell with that! We don't want to coach average. I don't want to be around you. Why be around average? proud of our young people in the classroom, in the community, and most especially in 310 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan, on the football field. Three things. Number one, the team that hits the hardest and the longest, the team that starts the fastest, and the team is too damn smart to make mistakes. If you take it to them, if you don't make mistakes, and you keep taking it to them, hell, there's no question who wins. It's time for the best Buckeye podcast by fans for the fans, where they hate that team up north as much as you do. It's time for the OHIO Podcast. OHIO! Welcome back to the OHIO Podcast, everybody, and welcome to the Peach Bowl Preview. Ohio State versus Georgia this New Year's Eve, Saturday night, 8 p.m. on ESPN. Aaron, Chris are both with me tonight, Buckeye Boggs. We're going to preview this game, this bowl game, this season, hopefully not ending game for the Buckeyes like nobody else from a historical, statistical, and schematical breakdown like yours, like you're just accustomed to, I suppose, if you listen to this podcast. If this is the first time you're listening to the OHIO podcast, welcome. Welcome to the family. You are going to love what you hear or your ears are going to bleed, one of the two. Hey, but I'll say this much. We are sponsored by DraftKings. The wait is over. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is officially live in Ohio. Now you can legally bet on all your favorite sports anytime and anywhere right here in Ohio with DraftKings. For a limited time, new customers who sign up with promo code OHIOPODCAST will receive $200 in bonus bets instantly. DraftKings has the best features, including same-game parlays, player props, and more with the fast, easy payouts right at your fingertips. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. New customers can use promo code, here we go again, Ohio Podcast to get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on anything. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code, one more time, Ohio Podcast. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 21+, plus. physically present in Ohio, valid one. Offer per first-time depositor who have already redeemed $200 in free bets via pre-launch offer. Minimum $5 deposit and wager, $200 issued as bonus bets. Eligibility restrictions apply. See dkng.co slash oh for terms. All right, guys. Um, here we go, man. Peach Bowl time, guys. I'm excited. Chris, I know you've got to be excited. Just real quick before we break this down, I'll, I'll start historically. Does it feel like a big game week for you right now? I think it's the biggest game week right now. I, okay. I just think that, yeah, I, I I think at this point, and I'm going to go into it later, why I think it's such a big game. But, yeah, this is a huge game right now. Aaron, how about down in Texas, man? Are you getting some of those pregame jitters and butterflies, buddy? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm pretty nervous, not going to lie, because this this I get I'm getting the same feeling that I had back in the 2014, 15 season when we played Alabama, you know, like nobody's giving us a chance in the back of my head. I'm not even giving us a chance like it's just 
I'm extremely excited because I told you guys a few weeks ago I've been waiting for this matchup for a long time. I've been wanting to see the Buckeyes tangle with Georgia for years. Now we're getting it, and it's on a huge stage. I'm just really hoping that we pull this thing off. And the good news is, is no matter what happens Saturday night, come Sunday on January 1st when those bowl games roll around, if you live in Ohio – uh, like Chris and I, you can start betting on DraftKings. Just download that app. Literally, it's all you have to do. Download the app. Put in the promo code Ohio Podcast. I've already done this. I've got $200 sitting there waiting for me to bet with as soon as I bet on something for with $5. So I'm excited for this. I know, Chris, you're excited for this. I'm actually a little weary for you, my man. Um, you used to have to drive to West Virginia or Indiana to do this. Now you can just sit at the at your own home. But, hey, I do have a 1-800-GAMBLER number for you if you need it, my, my man. And Chris is oh, like, predictions I'm not even we've talking. had. <laughs> it's not been a pretty bowl season for this group, let me tell you. Hey, for you, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, well, you know. What, what do you call good, though? <laughs> over 500 when you're gambling. Okay, no, no. If you're not over 700, then you're not making any money. Well, I'm thank you, over- Chris. I was gonna say, who the, who's like, yeah, man, I'm uh, six and I'll five so far. Even. That's not doing anything. <laughs> I've won a nickel. <laughs> hey, you're the guy that plays the penny slots, aren't you, Eric? We're not talking about this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, congratulations, Aaron, on making the championship in our fantasy football league. Thank you. I have no clue how it happened. I'll be straight up. <laughs> you went from last to first. That's what's awesome about keeper leagues, dude, is you literally the way we have this thing set up is you can be good for a long, long time or you can turn it around really fast. I love that. All right, guys, let's dive into this thing here. Let's start by doing this. This is the second time Ohio State and Georgia have ever met. The previous meeting happened in 1993 in the Florida Citrus Bowl. Georgia won this contest 21 to 14. At that time, Georgia was uh, nine and two going into that contest. Ohio State was eight, two and one. Georgia was coached by Ray Goff. Ohio State was coached by Aaron. Is that a joke? (laughs) I was wanting you to say his name. I'd rather not. John John Cooper. Pooper. Lord, you made me say it. Yes, I did. Uh, Statistically, Georgia was led in the passing department by Eric Zier. I believe that's how that's pronounced. I don't remember. He was 21 of 31 for 242 yards, threw no touchdowns, but also had no interceptions. The leading receiver in that game was Andre Hastings. There's a blast from the past name. Had a pretty good NFL career, if I remember. Hastings had eight of those receptions for 132 yards. Here's another name for you guys. Leading rusher for the Bulldogs that day was Garrison Hurst. Hurst had 28. Yeah, how about that? 28 carries for 163 yards and two touchdowns that game. Defensively, the Bulldogs were led by Chris Wilson, who finished with nine tackles. On the other side of the field, the Buckeyes were led in passing by one Kirk. Herb Street. Yeah, that Kirk Herb Street. Listen to look, listen to Herbie's numbers in the Florida Citrus Bowl. You ready for this? No. He was eight of twenty <laughs> he was eight of twenty-four for one hundred and ten yards, no touchdowns, and one interception. That was not Solid a good day. day. <laughs> However, Ohio State uh, was led offensively in receiving and rushing by one Robert Smith. Smitty had two catches for 49 yards, and he had 25 carries for 113 yards and a pair of scores, the only two touchdowns Ohio State scored that day, and single-handedly kept Ohio State in the game against Georgia. This game was 14-14 going in the fourth quarter when Georgia scored seven and were able was able to hold on for the win. Defensively, we were led by Steve Tovar. There's another great name for you. Uh, Tovey had nine tackles uh, to lead the Buckeyes in the loss that day. So that's the one time Ohio State and Georgia have squared off. Now, Ohio State bowl-wise could do something this Saturday that is incredibly awesome, guys. If Ohio State wins 
the, the this week and the Peach Bowl this week weekend. We will be the first school ever in the history of bowl games to have won all six New Year's New Year's six bowl games. We we will be the only team who have done so. Of course, you know, bowl games were for historically played amongst two college, uh, two conferences in one bowl. And so unless you won your conference, you did not go to a bowl game. I think that was the case up until what, the late 70s, early 80s, Chris, if I'm not mistaken? Late 70s, I believe. Okay, that's what I thought. That being said, listen to these stats for you. Ohio State has played in the Rose Bowl 16 times. We have a record of nine and seven. Last meeting in the Rose Bowl came last season against Utah. We won 48 to five. We've played nine times in the Fiesta Bowl in Glendale, Arizona. In those nine appearances, Ohio State, again, has a winning record, five and four. Last time we played there, though, it was in 2019 when we got screwed by the SEC refs against Clemson, <laughs> 29 to 23. The uh, All-State Sugar Bowl, which is played in New Orleans, Louisiana. Ohio State's been down to the Sugar Bowl six times. We have a re- winning record there as well of four and two. Of course, last se- uh, two seasons ago, 2021, we went down to the Sugar Bowl and put a hurting on Clemson, 49 to 28. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Cotton Bowl, Dallas, Texas, down your way, Aaron. Uh, we've played in the Cotton Bowl four times. Uh, we have a record of two and two, so we are batting 500 there. Uh, last time we played there was in 2017 against the USC Trojans, and we won that 24 to seven. And then uh, we've uh, played two times in the Orange Bowl, uh, which is played in the Miami Gardens, Florida area. Last time we played in the Orange Bowl was 2014, and that was a law. Uh, let's see, that was a loss because that was a 2013 season. That was a loss, forty to thirty-five uh, against Clemson. So that was the um, Braxton Miller game, if I'm not mistaken. Won it, Aaron? Uh, 2014. Yes. There it was a 2013 season. Braxton Miller went in there yep. and hurt his arm, and Sammy Watkins did everything he wanted to do on us. Yeah, yeah. That was we had that game won though. That's the that's the disappointing thing. There is. Yeah. We, we we had that baby one. Um, all right, so so there that's there you have it, guys. That's kind of the the rundown there of of what happened in those games. So if you're if you're keeping track at home, we have a 500 record or better or winning record in all of the New Year's Six bowl games that we've played in. All five. This will be the first time we've played in the Peach Bowl, and if we win this bad boy, we'll be the first school ever to have won all six New Year's Six. Uh, bowl game. So that's pretty cool. I got one more thing to, uh, to share with you guys before I turn it over to Chris and let him break the game down statistically. Ohio State in the last 10 bowl games has a record of six and four. So we're playing pretty well. Let's run down those going from uh, the first to the most recent. 2011, which was the uh, terrible uh, losing season we had. We were, uh, what, six and six going in that bowl game against yeah. Florida. In the Gator Bowl, we lost 24 to 17. That was a disgusting day. Uh, that was just a bad day. We then did not play in a bowl game in 2012 because of the fact that Gene, well, we won't talk about it, but anyways, 2013, uh, we then came back and we lost in the Orange Bowl 40 to 35 to Clemson. That was the uh, 20, 2014 uh, Orange Bowl. So these dates are kind of confusing because sometimes the game is played on January 1st, but it's accounted back to the previous year's season. So bear with me. 2014 season, we played the Sugar Bowl. That was a 42-35 win over Alabama that Aaron referenced earlier. 2015 season was a Fiesta Bowl win over Notre Dame, 44 to 28. We went back to the Fiesta Bowl in 2016. That was probably one of the lowest nights of my life as a Buckeye fan. Clemson stomped us 31 to 0. 2017 season was a bounce back year in the Cotton Bowl, Ohio State 24, USC 7. 2018 was a Rose Bowl trip uh, that Ohio State won 28 to 23 over Washington, that was uh, uh, Coach Urban Meyer's last game. 
2019 uh, was a disappointing 29 to 23 loss to uh, Clemson in the Fiesta Bowl. Again, we got robbed in that one. 2020 was the revenge game. Uh, 2020 season that was. Ohio State beat uh, the Tigers 49 to 28. And the 2021 season last year, Ohio State defeated Utah 49 to 28. You'll notice I didn't talk about the national championship games in there. Those are cons- not considered bowl games, I learned um, last year. So even though the national championship is in kind of like a bowl game, it really is not a bowl game. It's the national championship. So it's its own thing. It's its own entity. So taking excluding the national championship games we've played in in the last 10 years, Ohio State is 6-4 and four in their last bowl game. So – Pretty impressive numbers there. All right, guys, that's the historical aspect of this thing heading into Saturday's game. Chris, why don't you break down statistically Ohio State and Georgia and what to, what can we expect on that front? All right, guys, so uh, let's just jump in. We're going to talk first. Georgia comes into the game with the eighth best offense in the nation statistically. The team averages 491.9 yards per game. They are 19th in passing with 284.9 yards per game and 17th in rushing with two. They also are 10th in scoring at 39.2 points per game. The passing game is led by senior quarterback Stetson Bennett. Bennett has completed 269 of his 395 pass attempts for 3,425 yards, 20 touchdowns, and six interceptions. Guys, Bennett is a big-game quarterback, though. On the season, Bennett's averaged a 68.1 completion percentage with an overall rating of 154.6. But against top 25 opponents, his completion rating jumps up to a 76.5%, and his overall rating uh, jumps up to a 196.4. Eight of his 20 touchdowns have come against top 25 opponents, four versus LSU in the championship game, two versus Tennessee, and two versus Oregon this season. Now, Bennett has a plethora of targets, and while he doesn't really have a 1,000-yard receiver, he has five guys that come in with more than 25 passes caught and more than 300 yards receiving. His top receiver is tight end Brock Bowers. Bowers led the team with 52 receptions and 726 yards, also led with receiving touchdowns at six. And he actually has the largest yards per catch for any player with more than 15 catches this season for Georgia at 14. Sophomore lad McConkie is the main threat on the outside. McConkie has 51 catches for 675 yards and five touchdowns. And, guys, something that always seems to give us a problem is the very talented receivers out of the backfield. And they've got one in Kenny McIntosh. McIntosh not only leads the team in rushing, with 137 carries for 709 yards and 10 touchdowns. He's also the third leading receiver on the team with 37 catches for 449 yards and a touchdown. Now, we've already talked about McIntosh as far as the runners go, but Georgia has really a three-headed monster at running back. McIntosh is one, but 1A is DeWan Edwards. Edwards has 127 carries for 681 yards and seven rushing, rushing touchdowns, and behind him is guys actually probably the most explosive of the three uh, running backs, and that's junior Kendall Martin, or Milton, I'm sorry. Milton has only had two games this season where he's failed to average at least 6.3 yards per carry. And he's got two games where he's actually averaged over 14 yards per carry. One of those was in his last per, uh, appearance, an eight-carry, 113-yard performance in the SEC championship win over LSU. On this season, Milton has 72 carries for 533 yards and six rushing touchdowns. Guys, really good, very methodical, very precise, and very deep offense that the Buckeyes have to try to slow down. Now, offensively, the Buckeyes come in ranked seventh overall, averaging 492.7 yards per game, and they are second in the nation at scoring at 44.5 points per game. The Buckeyes passing attack is ranked 14th, averaging 294.2 yards per game, and the rushing attack is 28th in the nation with 198.5 yards per game. Obviously, the passing attack led by C.J. Stroud. Stroud has fallen just short of that Heisman the last two years, losing in the final week 
uh, of the regular season, failing to beat that team up north both times. But guys, CJ is solid. And guys, I I feel like he's got a chip on his shoulder and he's seeking some redemption here. He doesn't want his legacy at Ohio State to be that of a good quarterback who wasn't quite good enough and couldn't get the job done. But how can you really say that? I mean, CJ comes in completing 66.2% of his passes, 235 yards, uh, 235 of 300, 235 of his 355 uh, complete, uh, attempts he's completed for 3,340 yards, 37 touchdowns, and only six interceptions. CJ is 17th of the nation in passing yards, tied for fourth in touchdown passes, and is third in QBR with 87, an 87.7. Now, that being said, I mentioned earlier Stetson Bennett is a big game quarterback who sees increase in his numbers against top 25 opponents. CJ struggled a little bit there. His numbers tend to trend down a little bit versus the better quality opponents, while his completion rate and percentage goes up to a 70.4. His yards per completion and his overall rating have decreased dramatically. He also only has five touchdowns this season versus top 25 opponents in three opportunities. So if the Buckeyes are going to win this game, obviously CJ has to come up big against the number one team in the nation. Now, CJ certainly has the weapons to do it. While we didn't see JSN ever really get on the field consistently this season, Marvin Harrison Jr. really came into his own, led the team in receptions with 72, led the team in yards receiving with 1157, led the team in receiving touchdowns with 12, and led the team in yards per catch for players with over 10 receptions at 16.1 yards per catch. Along with Harrison Jr., we've got Emeka Egbuka, who had a coming out party of his own this season. Agbuka made 66 catches for 1,039 yards and nine touchdowns. The third man to see consistent playing time was a finally healthy Julian Fleming. Fleming had 29 catches, 462 yards, and six receiving touchdowns on the season. Maybe the biggest surprise in this year's passing game, though, has been the emergence of Cade Stover at tight end. You know, we didn't even know where this guy was going to play, whether it was going to be offense or defense before the season started. But he came on and he brought athleticism and toughness to that tight end position en route to securing 35 catches for 399 and five receiving touchdowns this season. Running the ball, well, that's been kind of a high point and a low point during stretches this year for Ohio State. A lot of that due to injury. We will be without Travion Henderson after a tremendous freshman campaign. You know, we've learned he's been playing injured most of the season and will require season-ending surgery. But returning should be a healthy Mayan Williams. Williams led the team with 125 carries for 817 yards and 13 touchdowns while only appearing in 10 games. And in five of those games, he had 10 or fewer carries. In games where Williams was healthy, he averaged 7.26 yards per carry, 126.4 yards per game, and had 632 of his 817 yards in those five games. Behind Williams, we've got true freshman Dallin Hayden. Hayden's uh, production pretty much mirrored Henderson's this year. 102 carries, 510 yards, five rushing touchdowns. And don't sleep on Chip Trahanum or even the guy I like to call the X-Factor, Xavier Johnson, who could also see you know some meaningful snaps out of the backfield. So both the offenses are solid. Both the defenses are going to have their work cut out for them. So let's dive into those defenses now. The Georgia defense comes in ranked ninth in the nation in uh, yards allowed at 215.1 yards per game passing. That's 53 in the nation. Guys, however, Georgia is very stingy when it comes to giving up runs. They have the number one rush defense in college football, only allowing 77 yards per game. Georgia also has the second best scoring defense in the nation, giving up only 12.8 points per game. Georgia's defense has created 16 turnovers this season, 10 interceptions and six fumbles, and they've gotten to the quarterback and sacked him 26 times. Georgia has a big three when it comes to their tackles. Linebacker Jamon Dumas-Johnson, linebacker Small Munden Jr., and defensive back Malachi Starks all have 64 tackles this season. Dumas-Johnson has three sacks, three passes defense, and a forced fumble to go with his 64 tackles. Munden Jr., 64 uh, tackles, as I mentioned, also a pass defense and an interception. While Starks has seven passes defense, two interceptions to go with those 64 tackles. 
This is a team that will get after the quarterback as well and has three guys with three sacks each to lead the team. You know, we've already spoken about Dumas Jr. Linebacker Nolan Smith has 18 tackles, three sacks, and limited action. And guys, we do now know that he is going to be out for this game. Uh, And the guy that C.J. Stroud is having nightmares about is the future top five draft pick. That's Jalen Carter. He shares the team lead with three sacks and owns the team lead with two forced fumbles. The other guy Stroud needs to keep an eye on is senior defensive back Christopher Smith. Smith leads the team in interceptions with three, has a sack, a forced fumble, and 49 tackles on the season. Guys, this is a Bulldogs defense, and I'd pretty much say a Bulldogs team. You know, they don't have the star power we're used to seeing from them or any guys with huge stats, really. But they are well coached, and they may be the most complete and deep team in college football. That being said, despite what we saw on November 26th, the Buckeyes have a pretty solid defense as well this season. Ohio State comes in ranked 11th overall in total defense, allowing 303.9 yards per game. They're 13th nationally in scoring, surrendering 19.3 points per game. The Buckeyes are 14th in pass defense, giving up 184 yards per game, a number that's dramatically skewed by some poor performances against Penn State and Michigan. Ohio State is also ranked 23rd against the run, allowing 103.2 yards per game. Again, this is a number skewed by some bad performances by the defense late versus Wisconsin, Northwestern, and Michigan. This is a Buckeyes team with 32 sacks and 17 turnovers on the season. They've got 10 interceptions and 7 fumble recoveries. Like CJ, a team that's statistically good, the question is, can the defense do it against that top tier in college football? Two guys who are going to get a real workout this Saturday, though, are going to be Tommy Eichenberg, who leads the team with 112 tackles. He also has three passes defense and an interception, which he returned for a touchdown. And his counterpart, Steel Chambers. He's second on the team in tackles with 69. He also has two passes defense, an interception, and a fumble recovery for a touchdown. Defensive backs, they're going to have to step up their game, including the team's interception leader, Tanner McAllister. McAllister has 21 tackles to complement his team-leading three interceptions. Obviously, a big key to victory is going to be getting some pressure on the quarterback and stopping that run game. Well, the team has two guys tied for the team lead in sacks at four and a half. That's Jack Sawyer, who comes in with 23 tackles to go with those four and a half sacks. And Big Mike Hall, who has 19 tackles and four and a half sacks and what I would call very limited playing time this season. JT Tumalua, he comes in with three and a half sacks to go with 28 tackles, two interceptions, a forced fumble, a fumble recovery, and a defensive touchdown on the year. And guys, Zach Harrison is finally playing like the Zach Harrison we thought we all had. You know, he's been a stabilizer, setting the edge on the run game. He has three sacks on the season to go with 30 tackles, four passes defensed, an interception, and he leads the team with three forced fumbles. If the Buckeyes defensive line can win this line of scrimmage, I think it's going to be a long day for the Bulldogs. So, Aaron, that's how things statistically break down for this game. Why don't you tell us how it should translate on the field? All right, so Chris was talking about this defense and how good they are, and they are exceptionally, exceptionally good. So I'm going to go ahead and just break this thing down real quick for you. Uh, They do things pretty simple, not going to lie. It's a 4-2-5, so that's pretty much what I would expect uh, of of any uh, top-tier football program at this level. Uh, They run a single high safety most of the time. Cover one and cover three is what they do the most. Lots of twists and stunts on the uh, defensive line. They typically only send four, so that's probably a contributing factor to why they don't have a ton of uh, sack uh, statistics. But Because um, their goal is not to uh, get sacks, if that makes sense. That sounds kind of wild to say, but their goal as a defense is to disrupt rhythm. And they've done a really good job of doing that because, let's be honest, most college football programs run a uh, rhythm offense. Uh, that's why you see so many teams with a passing attack the way that you do. I mean, even Alabama does the same similar stuff that Ohio State does, that Tennessee does, Mississippi State, uh, ten, you know, all these other teams like USC does it. If you can disrupt that rhythm, you're probably going to win. So 
a lot of times Georgia will drop a defensive end into coverage uh, if they're not doing the twist and stunts, um, and they and it's a short coverage. It's nothing deep, nothing like that. Um, and again, their game is disrupting the rhythm. Uh, if they can get pressure, they've done their job because it makes the quarterback uncomfortable. And as we have seen this year, C.J. Stroud does not play well under pressure. Uh, Jalen Carter, Chris brought him up. That is their guy. That is their Chase Young. He plays defensive tackle. Um, he plays a two and a three technique. Um, and I kind of thought about this. I looked at it, and teams that have done well running, what they tend to do is they will have the offensive tackle to the play side block down, okay? Or if they run a split zone, they will have uh, the tight end on the backside come across. That's the that's the split part of the split zone, for those of you that don't know. Um, and he will take on Jalen Carter. And you're not going to take the dude out of the play, but you can at least get in his way. <laughs> Just long enough for your back to maybe gain a few yards, you know, do a little bit of damage. Not too many teams have done a great job of running on the Bulldogs, not going to lie. Anybody that's watched them this year knows this. Um, so what I feel like Ohio State should do, <clears throat> they got to keep the pocket clean. Like that is fundamental um, and speaking of fundamentals, Ohio State needs to just stay fundamental. Don't try to be cute. Don't try to get fancy. Keep to the fundamentals of the game. Control Jalen Carter without double teaming him. And that sounds like a tall order, but it can be done. Um, and we're not talking about dominating the guy, okay, because that's not going to happen. But you can kind of not take him out of the play, but you can make him somewhat of a non-factor. Uh, as far as play calling goes, I feel like mesh is going to do well. It typically does against the man coverage um, levels that works well against cover three. It forces a lot of those guys because when you're doing man, they're obviously they're following along. So um, their athletes are going to have to be better than ours. That's the bottom line with that. And I'm not sure anybody's going to out athlete guys like Egbuka or uh, Harrison Jr. I just don't think that's going to be done at any level with any team. Um, so with that said, uh, they're going to have to like on the cover three with the levels, CJ is going to have to find the gaps in the coverage, uh, that the wide receivers, they're going to have to win their one-on-one -on -one battles. Like no question about it on that man coverage. They have to win those battles. That's how LSU, uh, racked up over 500 passing yards on these guys. Their backup quarterback was able to withstand the pressure he moved up in the line uh, in the in the pocket whenever Georgia would bring it from the edges. He would scoot up. So CJ is going to have to trust his offensive linemen, his tackles and not stand there, not get happy feet, but be controlled. That is going to be uh, crucial in this game. Have to control the line of scrimmage uh, specifically inside for running. Um, and we have a term in the army, a phrase that we like to say, OK, you have to get comfortable being uncomfortable and that is specifically to cj stroud he's gonna have to get comfortable being uncomfortable in that pocket because george is going to bring it they're just that's just how they play they're going to pressure him they're gonna be in his face he's gonna have to be comfortable in those situations where he's gonna have to accept the fact that he might have to run the ball a little bit that is just how this is gonna be played point blank because if that doesn't happen we are going to get Slaughtered. I'm just just saying uh, Georgia's offense. They run a 10, 11 and 12 personnel. They like to run a lot of screens to the wide receivers underneath routes. Uh, they run a lot of inside outside zone and they run a lot of split zone. They are a power football team and they are not afraid to show it. They will run a split zone all game long. They also run a slip screen. So if you don't know what that is. Uh, the, the offensive line will kind of break off um, and go upfield a little bit. Uh, the wide receivers will form like a, a wall or the tight end and other wide receiver will form like a wall. And underneath, the split end will come underneath and the ball will get thrown to him very short. That's a slip screen. Um, another thing with Georgia's offense, their wide receivers block exceptionally well. Think of like Ohio State when we won the national title, how well Devin Smith and, and that whole crew just they did so well blocking downfield for Ezekiel Elliott. 
that's what you're looking at with Georgia here. Um, and that's that's dangerous. That is that is that's that's crucial as well. So these corners, these safeties, linebackers, they have to get off their blocks. Ohio State on defense, as I just mentioned, get off the blocks big time right there. React quickly. Uh, you cannot sit back. You cannot wait for these guys to get to you because their passing is a lot of read. So if uh, Brock Bowers, OK, if he's going across and he sees that there's nobody or or the safety is sitting further back, he'll just sit down right there and, and they'll make the completion. They take what they are given. And that's what Ohio State's going to have to do is eliminate that. Don't give them anything. Give cushion, but do it in a disguised manner. Be able to make a break on the ball. Um, I would put the most physical and athletic safety that we have on Brock Bowers. Shut him down. If And if I had to pick a player to do that, I'm thinking Ronnie Hickman. Because not only does he have the frame to, to line up with Brock Bowers, he's athletic and he's fast. And we know he's got some ball skills, so he can make those plays. He can shadow Brock Bowers all game long and make Georgia beat us with somebody else. I don't know. They got a they got a three-headed running back, as Chris mentioned, and they're darn good. But they can be stopped. They are human beings. And that leads me to my next point. We have to plug up the running lanes. I mentioned Georgia likes to run split zone. But if you are gap sound, that can be shut down. Don't leave your lanes. So the linebackers, Tommy Eichenberg and whoever else, doesn't matter. They have to maintain their gaps. Uh, same with the D linemen. They cannot get pushed around. Um, I think we should probably do a cover one in like red zone situations, obvious situations. And for those of you that are getting confused, cover one is not what we ran against that team up north. That was cover zero. There was no safety in the back. Cover one has a safety in the back. Uh, cover two and then cover three. Uh, cover one and two. Or I'm sorry, cover one and three. That should help prevent the run. That's what those are kind of designed for. Those are those are coverages with less people in coverage, more people focused and reading run cover two. Obviously, that's a passing thing. Uh, so I think with two safeties over top uh, and then you stick Ronnie Hickman on Brock Bowers, I feel like we have a good shot at controlling this thing. Um, the bottom line here, guys, they're going to have to get, be ready to rumble, as Michael or Bruce Buffer like to say. Because this one is going to be physical. And if Ohio State comes in here thinking they're playing uh, Purdue or Michigan State or another one of those teams that they've pushed around so easily, they are sorely mistaken. There you have it, guys. Uh, quick questions for you, Aaron. Since you watched the film, you broke it down so well. And I thank you for both of you gentlemen for doing that, Chris. Thank you for spending the time to look up all those stats and Aaron for watching the film. But I'm going to direct this question toward to you, Aaron. So one of the things I have heard people talking about that what that Ohio State can do offensively to kind of uh, maybe disrupt Georgia defensively is to run a uh, up up tempo offense. Your thoughts? Oh, 100 percent. 100 percent. If we can run up tempo. Um, it's not something that we've been really doing. We did it a lot under Urban Meyer. We haven't really done it a lot this year under Ryan Day, and I don't think we did it a ton last year either. But um, these SEC defenses are effective when you give them time. But if you can run the run these guys sideline to sideline and get them tired, that's how you beat this team. Up tempo, sideline to sideline, wear them down. Some teams, you know, you can you can bruise them up the middle, beat them down, batter them. Um, I think that the, the bottom line here is going to come down to conditioning, uh, run them sideline to sideline, get them tired, and then beat them up the middle. Interesting. Okay. Um, all right. So they run this 12-man personnel. They got great tight ends. I've heard a lot of people talking about how that Georgia has not seen the this Jim Knowles safety-driven defense in the SEC and that this could be interesting for them. Um, early, just Just – in generic terms, are you confident that this Jim Knowles defense is going to disrupt this uh, Bulldog offense? Or are you worried that the physicality, it won't matter what scheme we run, they're just going to be more physical than us? So it's the defense in and of itself is fine. OK, what it's going to boil down to is like that team up north, like that game. OK, 
are they going to make boneheaded calls and then continue to make boneheaded calls and put the players in, in positions that they can't win in? Because that's really what it boils down to is the defensive play calling and then are our guys going to be physical enough to keep up? That right there is the name of the game. Okay, beautiful. All right, that's that means that we are ready for this moment. We are going to give our predictions. Now, before we predict the score and who we think will win, let's talk about the other college football playoff game real fast. Chris, I'm going to go to you first. Who do you think wins between that team up north and TCU and why? I would love to choose TCU. I think that they are the darlings of this year's playoff. But I'll tell you, I just think that Michigan is too physical for them. Uh, You know, I think that uh, Duggan's a, a great quarterback. I think he's a tough kid. I think he plays really hard, but I think overall, you know, they, TCU has some horses. Michigan's got some thoroughbreds. I, I look for Michigan to win this one. Aaron, your thoughts on that game? I like how you put that, Chris, um, and I agree. I think, unfortunately, that team up north is going to win that game. I don't know that it's going to be by a great margin, but I do think that they'll beat TCU. My prediction is that TCU's winning at halftime and Michigan comes out and stomps them in the second half. That has been their script all year. They are just so physical and they make halftime adjustments better than about any team in college football this year. Uh, So I got to go with the scum, unfortunately. All right, here we go. uh, The Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, Ohio State versus Georgia. (sighs) I'll go ahead and do it first. As much as I want to pick Ohio State to win this, and you know I'm going to be cheering for them like crazy, and maybe this is maybe just a little bit of reverse psychology going on here, and I might make some people mad on social media when I do this, but I am going to predict Georgia wins 34-24. I think we've got a good chance. I think we've got maybe somewhere around a 50% chance, in all honesty. But right now, I just have lost some confidence in Ryan Day. And I just don't know if he's going to put this team in the right positions, Aaron, to win this game. I think he's going to be maybe a little bit more aggressive. I hope he is. Because if he comes out with the same kind of game plan he did against that team up north, we get beat by 20-plus points. So Absolutely. I'm going to say 3424, but I'm hoping I'm wrong. And I'm I'm hoping that Ryan Day comes out and lets it all hang out. Because if he plays conservative, coaches conservative, we're going to get stomped. And it's going to be embarrassing. And we might not see Ohio State in the CFP for a long time, at least until we go to uh, not at least not for a couple years, because I don't think we'll we'll get welcomed back next year unless we go undefeated. We'd have to go undefeated. 34-24 dogs is my prediction, unfortunately. Aaron, I'll go with you. Chris, I'll let you go last. Yeah, Eric, I uh, I feel the same way you do, man. Um, I'm just I'm not convinced right now that Coach Day is, uh, you know, we talked that, you know, he needed a wheelbarrow. All right. And any of our listeners know what I'm referencing. Right. And he's not been that coach for a, a while now. Two years. And. Yeah, uh, it's been a minute since so, COVID. Really, since well, since Alabama, I think Alabama kind of took him a little bit, man. I think so too. I think that really kind of hurt his confidence level in and how he calls a game. And mm-hmm. I don't know why he should have just kept it moving. But that's that's another show, another day. But uh, I'm with you, Eric. I'm not entirely convinced that he's going to put these guys in a position to win this game. And same with Jim Knowles. After what I saw at that team up north, zero adjustments made whatsoever. And they just kept doing the same things over and over and over again. And they finally got, you know, ripped apart there at the end. So um, right now, man, this is going to sound real bad. And I'm going to upset a lot of people same way you are. But I think George is going to win 45 to 20. Yeah, I know it's 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 I'm 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 kind of reverse psychology, you know, trying hoping myself. Um, but like I said earlier, man, I feel the same way I did when we played Alabama in 2014-15, uh, and I just don't feel like we have it in us to beat this team. I don't think we're physical enough. I just 
I, I don't have confidence that they're going to do the right play calls. Chris, your chance to, to look smarter than us, especially if you pick a Buckeye win and it happens. Okay, so here's the thing. I think C.J. Stroud is going to come out with a serious chip on his shoulder. I think Ryan Day is coaching for his job right now. I feel like our offensive line will be good enough to hold off a Georgia defense that is missing their team captain and linebacker, Nolan Smith. And with both of their starting wide receivers questionable, as well as the offensive lineman who's going to be staring across from JT Tuimaluau, who is also questionable at this point. I think we have the linebackers and safeties that can control those two great pass catching tight ends who are the primary threat in that pass game. I also believe now I mentioned it before. I think Ohio State is built to play SEC competition. I really do. I think we match up better against Georgia than we do against that team up north. You know, I've been the Ryan Day's most outspoken critic since that second loss to Michigan. But you know what? I think he puts it together. I think he gets it together for this game, and I think we get this one in the Bulldogs' backyard 35-28. to 28. <laughs> All Man, right. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Like I, I would too, never buddy. be more happy to be wrong. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm with you. I'm with you because here's what's cool, man. I've already been told if we win this game, I got free tickets to the national championship game. Ooh, where are they playing yeah. it at? L.A. Ooh, is that going to be in the uh, Rams stadium, yep. the new one there? Yep. Yeah. Oh, man, that's a beautiful complex. Yeah, I'm super stoked. I I can't wait to go, but I I don't want to. I don't want to give my hopes up, man. Like it would be like losing twice. <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna re- I'm gonna reverse <laughs> psychology the re- reverse psychology this man. And yeah. if it, if it's an upset win and you know it it's gonna make it all all that sweeter, right? You know, so dude, still take the tickets, right? You could be like the yeah. guy at the big the Big Ten championship game that was in an Ohio State jersey that in the, the obviously Ohio State wasn't there. Do you did you right. see that guy? Well, yeah. Well, there's that guy and there was my brother in law who went too. That he, could he, totally be you. Yeah, he he lives in a house. <laughs> I'm not. I, I I well, here's the thing: is we're both Buckeye fans. It's Carl. Carl's gonna take me. So hey, we ain't going unless we're winning, buddy. <laughs> Shoot, give me yeah. the tickets. I'll go. Come on, give, actually, give me those tickets, and I'll tell you what—I'll turn them for a profit, and I'll invest it in DraftKings. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd expect <laughs> yes. nothing less from you, Chris. <laughs> All right, guys, we're gonna take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we got a couple things we're gonna do. We're gonna play a fill in the blank, and uh, what else we got here? I think we got uh, talk. Maybe oh, we got a, a poll bit. question, Eric. A bowl question. Oh, yes. How did I forget this? My goodness gracious. All right. So we got a Facebook poll question and we got fill in the blank. So hang around. Hope you're enjoying the show so far. The OHIO podcast is brought to you by Mastermind. Mastermind specializes in 360 degree high definition mobile video mapping, GIS integration, and traffic safety studies. Mastermind cares about traffic safety and keeping you safe on the roadway. Visit Mastermind at OnlineMastermind.com. And welcome back. So we have a very interesting Facebook poll question uh, this week, Eric. It uh, it seemed to be a little bit one-sided, but before I jump into the results of the fan vote here, I want to get your take on Aaron's as well. If Ohio State does beat Georgia on Saturday, will it be Ryan Day's greatest win? Yes or no, and why? Eric? No, it will not be, and here's why. The 2020 win against Clemson was amazing, and here and and, and, I'll, and I'll say and this is why. There was so much bad karma against Clemson going all the way back to the 70s. Uh, when Woody Hayes got fired from punching a Clemson player. We were 0 for against them. I think we were 0 for 4 going into that game. They had our number. It was like it was almost like trying to beat that team up north after the Cooper years. Like it was just like no matter how good we are, we can't do it. It was a monkey that was on our back and it was a freaking Sasquatch. Okay. And that win was just so 
it was not only such a big win for Ohio State and for that season, but it was just like it was just like burying finally this this dark, deep, evil cloud that even hovered over Urban Meyer. Urban couldn't beat him either. Okay, so that to me is why I picked no, because I think Clemson was just more. We have zero history against Georgia right now. That doesn't mean that we don't look back on this in five, six years and we're saying, hey, Georgia's the new Clemson for us or whatever. Um, or we're one and one and it's just a back and forth with them, which is kind of great. But right now I'm going to say, no, it's Clemson. And that's why. Aaron? Uh, I, that's, that's tough, man, because I'd love to say yes, you know, cause they're the defending champions. They got all this talent and all this stuff going on and all the hype and everything around them. But I honestly, I think that the 2002 national title against Miami, Florida is probably our greatest bowl win. Well, but we're talking about Ryan days, just Ryan day. Okay. Yeah. If it's just Ryan day then yes, I think this is actually his best bowl victory or victory in general because of the hype around Georgia and the talent and the and everything. And, indeed, and he's doing it on the biggest stage. This isn't like an out-of-conference opening week game where everybody's, you know, caught off guard perhaps or something. But this is, you know, we're going to find out what this team is all about. I think that just everything behind this game – is is great. It it just reminds me so much of the time we beat Alabama, and you know, I just nobody gave us a chance, nothing. And I I just feel like that's the same thing here. You know, we have a lot of critics. We have one loss, um, number four seed even. Uh, there's just a lot going into this. You know, are we physical enough? Are we are we gonna game plan well enough? Are the coaches gonna uh, coach you know coach him up well enough? Uh, how's this gonna play out? Nobody's really for sure. You know, we kind of had that thing, like Eric saying, with Clemson, where it was like this back and forth. Well, it wasn't really back and forth. It was mainly just them. <laughs> but, you know, I, I I just I just feel like this is going to be his greatest accomplishment if he can pull this thing off, man. Well, Aaron, let me tell you why. Ryan Day is 45 and 5 since taking over the Buckeyes. His five losses, number three, Clemson, number one, Alabama, number 22, Oregon, number five, Michigan, number three, Michigan. His biggest wins have come against number nine, Penn State, number three, Clemson in 2021, number nine, Michigan State, and number 12, Utah last year, and number nine, Michigan State this year, or Penn State this year, rather. Ryan Day has one victory over a team ranked higher than ninth. Last time Day faced a number one team was against Alabama for the national title, and his team wasn't beaten. They were humiliated 52 to 24. The best victory of his career right now is the split he got with Dumbo Sweathog down there at Clemson. He's coming off two bad losses to Michigan, and I feel, and I know you guys don't agree with me on this, I think he's on the hot seat right now. So, yeah. If he beats Georgia, this is the biggest win of his career. And you know what? It's also the biggest win for the Big Ten. It may save his career. It sets up the opportunity for he and Stroud to redefine their legacy, get another shot at that team up north. And in the process, I think it shows the Big Ten belongs at the same level or possibly even above the SEC at this point. So, yeah, hands down, I think it's the biggest. And you know what, Aaron? The fans agreed with us resoundingly. It was 92%, 106 votes yes versus 10 votes no. <laughs> nice. I'm, I, so I, you know what? You, you worded that really well. Slaughter. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it Aaron? is on Saturday too. <laughs> yes, Chris? Uh, no, no, I'm just – I'm okay. flipping it over to you, buddy, because I'll tell you, I, I kind of feel like there's still something you want to say. No, actually, no, there isn't. Um, I'm, 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 I'm fine being with me and my ten other, ten other people. You who and your still, nine friends. We're still, yeah, we're still celebrating the Clemson win from 2020. <laughs> That's what's going on. <laughs> Are you doing snow angels and the confetti? Yeah. Well, you, yeah, yeah. I remember you that. You saw what happened to the last guy that did that. 
Yeah, he's he also just lost his first bowl game there as uh, the interim coach in Cincinnati. Um, <clears throat> anywho, um, yeah, I still I still miss Justin Fields. What can I say? Um, I do too. Yeah, that getting broken ribs and still going out there and just bawling out like he did. Come on, gosh. Anyways, uh, we can reminisce on that during the off season. Yeah, we will. How about? How about this? We will have a Justin Fields Love Fest show in this offseason when we go live. You want to, you guys want to do that? Oh, I love it. I think maybe, it's a great idea. Maybe we can get Justin Fields to pop in. Wouldn't that be sweet? That would be. <laughs> that would be so awesome. I'd geek out. All right, here we go. So we, we're going to do a little fill in the blank here. Um, Chris, why don't you ask your questions for Aaron and I first? We'll let you go first. Aaron, you can go second, and I'll wrap this thing up third. Okay. I'm going to start with you, Eric, because this is one that is fit for you. Thanks. Okay. The rumors are out there again that Jim Harbaugh is being sought after by the NFL. The latest rumors have him headed to either Denver or to the Colts where he played during his NFL career. So here's my question. Jim Harbaugh will be the coach of blank next season. That team up north. It's not even – I think the NFL laughs at him. I, he's too weird to be in the NFL right now. I'm sorry. He, he ho- is among the hottest names out there right now, though. <sighs> I, I don't be, I don't believe it. I don't. I, there I is think, two, and I've heard as many as four teams interested in Jim Harbaugh right now. <sighs> I I hope he don't go because I hate the guy and I want to beat him so bad again. I don't want him to leave going winning the last two games against us. I just don't want that to happen. Because you know every stinking Team Up North fan, including Sean, will never live down the fact, we beat Ryan Day two times in a row before he left. You know you, we're going we're gonna to hear that. For the <laughs> but rest but of our you lives. know what? That's almost as much of a reason as any for him to take a job if it's offered. I don't want to – I'm not a loser, dude. I'm not scared of competition. I'm not scared of Jim Harbaugh. We shouldn't be – if we would have played the game against them that we play – that. If Ryan Day would have coached like he did for, for the first three years he was head coach, we would have won. I have no idea why we puckered up like he's he 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 went into the to the closet and came out as John Cooper. I, I don't know. I don't get it. He wasn't playing to win. He was playing not to yes. lose, and that's exactly what he did. Was lost. He, Ryan Day's got to get his he's got to get his mojo back, man. I hope he gets. I hope this game gets him his mojo back. He's lost his fire somewhere. He, he lost, lost it to Alabama. Yeah. He lost his smile. All right, Shawn Michaels. <laughs> <laughs> I threw that one out there just for you, Aaron. I appreciate it. I love a, a little <laughs> a little throwback wrestling. There you go. Okay, Aaron. So since you're our X's and O's guy, the one player who must have a perfect game for Ohio State to win this game is – uh, can I pick a position group instead of just one player? Because that's it's it's not as I, I as kind simple of felt like you might go this route, and I think I know exactly where you're going with it. But go ahead. The offensive line. Yeah. They have to have a perfect game. There's no questions. Like, because un, unless something clicked in C.J. Stroud's head where he can handle pressure now, um, they're going to have to create an environment where he can strive, and that means not having a ton of pressure or guys in his face. All right. Well, that's mine. Why don't we kick it over to uh, Eric? Eric, you go from here. Aaron, why don't you go first, bud? Okay, I got you. All right. Uh, well, okay, Chris, who, or I'm sorry, blank will be the Peach Bowl MVP for Ohio State if they win? Mayan Williams. Mayan Williams? Mayan Williams. If he even Why plays. do you say that? But what do you mean I if he even plays? In order for us to win this game, we are going to have to establish a running game at some point. And I think that he's the guy that can do it. He's the tough physical runner that we need. And yes, think, he will play. He didn't show think, up. He didn't show up for media. Um, he was supposed to, and he didn't show up. And then you know what though? That's just. But that's par for the course, Chris. How many times have we seen it this year? Oh yeah, he's good. He's going to be playing. He's working hard. He's going to be all right. And then he get we we see someone come out with one or two plays, and I can't do it, and they're on the sideline because they're still injured. You're not wrong. 
no, happened. You're quite not a bit. wrong. I'm just afraid. I hope I'm wrong, but that gives um, makes me. I mean, he doesn't show up for media uh, instantly. I'm already thinking. Or, or, or is just Ryan Day getting his mojo back playing a little mind game with people. No, <laughs> I could see that being being a thing. I don't know. I could see that being a thing, but who knows? Who knows? They they said he was under the weather. You know, I don't know what that means exactly, but yeah, whatever. under the weather means. Oh, he's got COVID. Let's shut it down. No, it ain't COVID. It's 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 injury based. I'm telling you, I don't think he's healthy, guys. Didn't he just have an ankle sprain? It could be a hangdale for all I know. I don't know. Here's like, the thing. They just... said they said what was it last week? He was at ninety five percent. Which means to me, if he is not ready to play, then something happened in practice again. Probably. And if that's the case, then we really need to look at what's going on in that practice. Maybe. Yeah, I I agree with that. Because there are way too many injuries happening that are not related to games. Yeah, there really is. Because, I mean, like, didn't they say they were focusing on a more physical practice style this season? Yeah, but that should have that should have been done at midway through the season. Well, that's I mean that's how my coach used to do it. You know, as the season went on, we scaled it back. Yep, absolutely, like yep. drastically. So I don't know if they're doing that or what. I would think they would. You know what I mean? I want to give them that credit, but the fact is we don't know. So I don't know. Either way, uh, next question is for Eric. Mm-hmm. Ohio State will win because I know you said that you don't think they will, but hypothetically, if they do, Ohio State will win because CJ Stroud in this offense is in the zone like they were in the Rose Bowl last year. Do you think it'll be him and Harrison, or do you think Agbuka or somebody else is is the JSN of the bowl game this year? If, if it's going to be like Agbuka, or excuse me, if it's going to be like uh, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, it's going to be Agbuka in the slot. But if you recall, even Harrison had a great game last year in the Rose Bowl. Two touchdown uh, catches. Yeah, but they didn't even know who he was. I think Julian yeah. Fleming's primed. It may be. Because he's, he's been so inconsistent this year. Um, I don't think they really view him as a threat. Jake Ballard? I mean, out of nowhere? Yeah, that's very true. Jaden not, Ballard. Jake, not Jake Jaden. Ballard. Jaden Ballard. Jake Ballard. Yeah. He was a tight end back in the yeah. years. That's, that's um, entirely possible. I don't know. Be interesting. All right. My turn. Aaron, this is for you. Ohio State's defensive MVP on Saturday will be. Ooh. Uh, it'll be. <clears throat> Goodness gracious. Why why do you ask me these questions? Because I I value your opinion. You're the only one. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Uh you know, off the top of my head, I would say whoever covers Brock Bowers, Ronnie Hicks and I knew shuts him go there. But but the reality of that is that's not who they would like crown the MVP. So um, I didn't ask who they would. I said who you would. Well, actually, oh, I did ask. Yeah, actually, actually, I did. I said Ohio State's defensive MVP on Saturday will be. But you can whatever. I mean, it, it's your that's MVP. off the. So that yeah, that's my personal opinion. But yeah. like in the game itself, what would be Ooh, realistic? Tommy, Eichenberg. I think <laughs> it'll either yeah, it'll either be Tommy Eichenberg or it'll be JTT. Yeah. All right, Chris. Here we go. Get get ready to get Chris Rout up. Here it is. <laughs> All right. I'm excited. Ryan Day has been outcoached in big games because. <laughs> yes. Is he pissed right now? I don't know. I think he just walked, walked away. <laughs> Did he just <laughs> drop his went. mic and just said, That's what it sounded like. <laughs> Where'd you go? <laughs> he quit the show. Okay, I said it earlier. It's real simple. He's playing not to lose instead of playing to win. He needs to sack up, get it, you know, get it together, be aggressive, and coach like he did the first couple of years he was here, and stop playing pansy ball and being afraid to to go out there and take a risk. He has what I think is the best quarterback in college football. He needs to let him attack. 
stop, you know, sitting back and doing whatever it is you've been doing. Like I said, trying not to lose these last two games against Michigan, trying not to lose, you know, when, when you really just be go out there, be aggressive and win. Because right now, like I said, I think he's playing for his job at this point. And I know you guys don't agree with that, but I truly believe he is. He goes out there and gets himself blown out against Georgia. I don't see how they bring him back next year. I really don't. I think there's about 70 million reasons why they bring him back next year. But they're all. I don't know what his buyout is. It's probably closer to like seven or eight million, but. It's a high. It's up there. Maybe four and a half. I can't. I don't know. Anyways, um, there you go. All right. So that's our show for this week, guys. We will be back Sunday night. Win or lose, New Year's night. We're gonna we're gonna either be celebrating or we're gonna have a uh, emotional support group. One of the two. Um, <laughs> and moving moving forward with some things. But uh, I'll tell you, I'm excited. This is this is what this is why you you watch all the games all season long is for the journey to get to this point. And when you get here, to have that opportunity. Uh, to hit a home run, man, you're at you're at the plate. You got a chance. Go up there swinging. I mean, I, I had a I had coaches who said it like this in baseball, man. Whatever you do, don't lose, don't strike out with the bat on your shoulder. Go down swinging. And I'm with you, Chris. Ryan Day needs to take some swings here. Uh, be aggressive. Take your chance. Go up to the plate. Give it all you got. I know the players are gonna are gonna give us everything they've got. I want the coaching staff to do that as well, and put give these kids a chance to 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 put it all out on the line, man. Because if you want your revenge against that team up north, you got to win this game. You got to take down the giant. And I think if they do that, their confidence level should be back and through the roof. All right, last comments, Aaron. Before we move on, anything you want to say? Get the wheelbarrows out. Let's do it. Plural wheelbarrows. <laughs> yes, Jim Knowles, Ryan Day, wheelbarrow, son. <laughs> Chris, last word. Hey, like you said, Eric, swing hard just in case you make contact. That's right. You never know. You'll never know. All right, guys, that's our show. Be kind to one another. I owe someone's OH and sing Carmen, Ohio with all your heart. And until next time, OH! I owe. Go, Bucks. Oh, come, let's sing. Oh, Hios praise and songs through Amamaterain while our hearts rebounding thrill and joy which death alone can still. Summer's heat, oh, winter's cold. The seasons pass, the years will roll. Time and change will surely show. How firm thy friendship, Ohio. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.